the bed, the place where you rest your head. Can just that item, just that object, just that thing bring us to a more full realization of what we have and what we don't have? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. It's May, but you never know it. It's spring, but you never know it. Greetings again, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Matthew is my name and it is my, it is my honor to sit here in this relatively new chair and speak into this relatively new microphone, one of several that I have here in the basement layer, to talk to you about feeling grateful and to have gratitude. I'm learning that there's not a lot about it that I know, okay? I mean, I'm trying, like you, to figure out ways to appreciate the things we have, and I will admit that I'm not always the best at it, but that, I think, is what this podcast is about. That and the fact that I get to sit in this chair and talk into this microphone for a series of minutes consecutively and hopefully uninterrupted, and it's always been my dream. It's always been my goal. Hey, ever since I laid my head in my bed that was given to me by my parents that my brother Mark and I shared. I mean, later on, we had twin beds, but um, that was my goal was to be in front of a microphone. I mean, I had that little transistor sitting by my ear on the pillow, and I thought, boy, these people, they have such voluptuous-sounding voices. I mean, I didn't know the word voluptuous-sounding at the time, but uh, that's the way I feel now. I wonder if I can be like them. Well, I certainly didn't have their voices, but I did get the opportunity to be in front of a microphone. So really, this is the extension of a dream come true, and I get to couple it with a search, the search to be grateful for the things that we have and the opportunities that we have. So I think that is the purpose of this podcast, and that, I hope, is why you listen and download it, so that you can also share with me uh, in a strange kind of vicarious way your journey, that you're having the same journey trying to find our way amongst this imperfect world. And uh, today, weather-wise, it's very imperfect. In fact, it kind of sucks, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's just been like that for the past week. In fact, I saw a meme on Facebook this morning said, when, God, will you make it stop raining? And it hasn't been like severe downpour stuff, but just enough where you can't take your regular walk unless you take an umbrella. And I don't like walking with an umbrella, but sometimes, you know, you have to get the muscles moving and it's a necessity. So I had to do that several times this week. It's just, it's an ugly day. I mean, it's a chilly day. It's a bone chilling day. And my better half had her second meeting, which is uh, a member of a woman's art league, and they get together once a month, and they have lunch, and they kind of share art stuff, and they have a speaker, and they wear their masks, and they social distance, and she was all primed and ready to go, and she looked like, you know, she looked like a spring flower, and I said, hey, you know what, uh, it feels more like February out there than it does May, 
And so she had to change her repertoire and off we went. And so that's what she's doing. And I'm here in the basement lair, spending time with you and talking about gratitude and being grateful. I've mentioned this before on other podcasts, and I'm not ashamed to admit it because I really would just like to be honest in this podcast. And my honesty extends to the fact that I sometimes have had an issue, not just recently, but over the years, with other people's happiness. And I think this is not an uncommon thing. And it's not that I don't want people to be happy. It's not that I don't want people to acquire nice things. Uh, It's not that I don't want people to achieve things because I, in a strange way, almost feel like I can live vicariously a bit through them. I mean, for instance, my friend Chris, who is a published author, one of his books is going to be made into a movie. And so, Over the past several weeks, he's been posting pictures of the set out in California where they've been filming uh, this movie, and it's very exciting. And in a way, I'm kind of living a little vicariously through him, but I do sometimes wonder to myself, man, I wonder what would happen had I written a book. And so then I go into almost like a dark place, like, come on, you know, you should be really, really happy for him. And I am happy for him. But it does turn the tables on me, and I don't know if that's a good thing. But it's a real thing, and these are things, I think, at this point in my life, this overall reflection period where I'm trying to ascertain what I've done and where I've been. And I have to admit, in my dark times, I can get pretty morose about it because You know, my chosen profession is the radio broadcast field, and there's probably no industry in America or the world, for that matter, that has taken a bigger hit from a creative standpoint, from a personnel standpoint. And what was our chosen vocation is not what it is now. And so, consequently, there are some times of anxiety and some times of depression. And it's not that I just long to be in front of a microphone. It's not that I just long to do a midnight to six show spinning Madonna tunes. It's more that this is the path that I chose. And it's almost like this is a path now I maybe wish I wouldn't have chosen. Now, Donna is very quick to say to me, you know, look at all the things that you've been able to do. You got to go to this market. You got to go to this place. You got to work for this large radio station. And you got to work for this small radio station where the smaller places, I sometimes had the most fun. And so once I allow that to seep in and to sink in, I feel better and I feel more gratitude. But If you're like me and you sometimes have these feelings of, yeah, I'm happy for them, but wow, I wish, you know, I wish some of those things would fall on my lap. And I suddenly realized that these things didn't really fall in their lap. 
I mean, Chris has been a writer for as long as I've been sitting behind a microphone playing Led Zeppelin songs. I mean, he's honed his craft, and he's very good at it. And he's been published in a variety of publications and has a number of books available on Amazon and other platforms. So it's not like he just woke up one day and decided he was going to be a writer. And so I console myself with that, that he, like me, have really plied their craft for an extended period of time and that I should look more on the gratitude side than on the, man, I wish some of that stuff would happen to me side. And this is something that I have been struggling with really over the past decade. And I know deep down inside, as I talk through some of these things with the person I'm sort of talking to about them, I know that much of it has to do with this feeling of regret and this feeling that I didn't accomplish what I set out to accomplish. And now, you know, the clock is ticking and it's almost like I have to fade back and throw the Hail Mary pass or, you know, take all my winnings and put them all on number 12. Hopefully that that little ball going around in the roulette. I don't do gambling, so I don't know. But, you know, hopefully it lands on the number it needs to land on so I can get the big payout. You know, the thing that really fosters this feeling a lot are the social media sites. And Facebook sucks. I mean, Facebook is the worst. I mean, uh, Facebook is kind of like... Facebook, in a way... I've never done crack cocaine, but in a way, in a strange way, it kind of reminds me of what I assume that it would be like. Because you tell yourself you don't like it. You tell yourself that you are not going to spend time on it, and yet you minimize it on your computer screen, and when you have a small break, maybe every several hours, you kind of bring it up on the screen and kind of check in to see what's what. And while you claim to your friends, oh, I don't get my news from Facebook and Twitter, you know that you do, really deep down. You follow the links that get posted, and more than that, it's the perfect forum for people to share all of the great things that are happening in their world or all of the horrendous things that are happening in their world. So I liken Facebook either to, hey, here's the picture when we got married this weekend, or I want you to say a special prayer for my special friend who just passed away this weekend, it seems that there's very little middle ground. And people who don't have experience on the social media sites say, yeah, I don't feel like going out there on Facebook because I'm looking at people's cat pictures. I wish really there were more pictures of cats. Really? I wish, <laughs> I wish there were more middle of the road things because more of the middle of the road things would make me feel better. They would make me feel less traumatized because really the social media sites with their grip on virtually every aspect of our life, they really have a tendency to, at least for me, to put us into this world where we are in constant comparison mode to other people's lives. 
And I think if I'm self-analyzing, and I think I'm pretty damn good at (laughs) self-analyzing, I say that facetiously, I believe that these social media sites play into this, and I have allowed it to. Because now when I see somebody's great thing that has occurred to them, knowing that that great thing has not occurred to me and doesn't seem like it will occur to me in the very near future, there's a little granular speck of depression that kind of nudges at me. It kind of pushes me, kind of tickles me. And to me, that's not good. So my quest, my goal when that happens is to find the space where I can see gratitude. And I think that's really a quest for many of us. Because for the people who are involved in social media, they want the good things, but they realize that very quickly, some of the not so great things can happen. And because it is sort of like crack cocaine, we continually find ourselves going back to it. And when we go back to it, it's almost like we repurpose this thing that we just solved. And so for a while, I thought to myself, you know, maybe it might be best. I might find more gratitude if I just took myself off of the social media sites. Wouldn't this solve things? And I haven't quite managed to put myself in that position, but I do sometimes think of it as a worthy venture. I finally got together with my good friend, Brad, who I'm almost positive doesn't listen to this podcast, and that's okay. Uh, When my friends uh, say, oh, you have a podcast, and then then when I know I've sort of like mentioned them in the podcast and like they don't say anything, then I know that they don't listen to it. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Podcasts, while they're popular, podcasts, you know, they require some time. They require some commitment because, you know, this podcast can be anywhere from, say, 20 to 30 minutes. Some podcasts are even longer. It is a kind of a commitment, a life commitment. And so Brad is one of those persons who is not involved in social media. And so it was refreshing, one, to get together with him. And we met up at a coffee place and we wore our masks and we social distanced and he had received both of his vaccines, but he was still waiting out the post wait period, you know, prior, you know, after the second shot. And I had already experienced my two shots and already experienced my post waiting period. So I think we did everything that we could do, but it was, it was good. It was good to just sit across from him and just say, hey, here's what's going on and what's going on with you and that kind of thing. But in a strange way, I felt a bit depressed after the meeting in the same way that I might feel a little nudge of that similar 
depression spending time on Facebook because Brad, with everything that has occurred with him over the past five years, his accident, and quite honestly, being on full disability and you know, living by himself with his dog, you know, in his sort of duplex apartment and not really involved in work anymore, not really involved with any ambition anymore. I almost felt a similar tinge, almost on the opposite end of the continuum. And thinking to myself, you know, Brad, for the most part, is retired in his life. He just really doesn't have the drive to do anything of note as far as career. He really just wants enough money to make sure that his apartment rent is paid, his doggy has food, and he has some food in the refrigerator so that he can sit in his chair and watch Netflix. And that large part of me thought, oh boy, what a depressing life. And then the other part of me thought, you know, what a happy life that must be. I mean, what a nice life that must be, not to have those cares and concerns. And so I experienced the same thing almost again on the opposite end of the continuum. And I had to kick myself because for every good post on Facebook, for every celebratory tweet on Twitter, with accompanying photo where a person is telling you about this great thing that happened in their life. And then you scroll through the comments and the congratulations go on and on and on. You know that that is really just one snapshot of that life. And that underneath there may be all kinds of things going on. And maybe one day they might come to you to speak about something that's going on with them, and they might ask for your guidance and your vision about it. And on the opposite end of the continuum, while Brad has a very simplistic life, he also lives a life every day where he is in sometimes extreme amounts of pain. He will never get to play in a band again. He will never get to ride his motorcycle again. He, more often than not, can probably X out having a relationship. His physical condition is only going to go downhill because of everything he's experienced. And I thought, what is wonderful about that? And it made me realize that I need to get on the train to understand how to implement more gratitude in my life. Don and I have this sort of running joke when we come home. We go on a highway here and there's an exit that we that I normally use to get off at our house, to get to our house. And the exit before is the one that Donna usually takes when she used to drive. She would take that exit. Well, my contention was that the exit that she takes allows her, yes, to get off the interstate more quickly, but it takes longer once you have to go through a series of lights to actually get to our house. 
My contention is that if you go further on the interstate, you're traveling at a faster rate, you know, due to my incredible knowledge about physics, <coughs> that I will get to that point more quickly, even if I go a little bit more out of my way, because I can backtrack more quickly to make up for the time. Therefore, I will arrive faster than she will arrive. We just, we bounce this back and forth all the time. At any rate, when I get off at my exit, <laughs> at the bottom, normally, is an elderly gentleman, short, looks almost to be Native American, and is usually waiting with a sign. And the sign is usually, I could really use some help, God bless. Uh, usually it's a sign of that kind of status. And I know in the past we've given him things. We used to carry these little coupons in the car because a while ago I just had an issue with giving money. There just seemed to be so many people at the corners of, of stop signs, at lights, and at interstate exit ramps, people who were looking for money. And we just stopped doing that. We used to have these coupons. Sometimes we'll have things of food that we don't eat that can be packaged and stored and we keep it in the glove compartment and we we roll up and we're the person next to that person you know waiting for the light to change we might hand that out to the window now most of them are not very happy about that they want money but that's what we opted to give at any rate i mentioned that it's really been sort of chilly lately and not really very pleasant. And the other night was one of those nights where it was very cold and I had the window open a little bit. And I started jumping to bed and I got up and I closed the window because it was so cold. And I opted not to have the quote unquote fresh air circulate through the room. So I got into bed and Donna was laying next to me and we had this routine where she has uh, her dementia patch that we make sure that she has that on. And because she has some snoring issues, we actually have these two balls wrapped in a sock. And I place it sort of in her lower back and she sleeps on her side she just, so she doesn't roll on her back. So I make sure all the things are taken care of. And then, you know, we say goodnight. And I was laying in bed. Really, it was cold and I was kind of shivering, trying to wait for this bed to warm up. And for some reason, for some odd reason, I thought of this guy standing at the end of the ramp. And I thought, is this guy for real? Like, is he for real? Is he really homeless? And I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt because I see him a lot. And I know there's these crews of people who quote unquote work the corners. But there was something, I don't know, almost cerebral about him when I looked at him. And I thought to myself, where is this guy sleeping tonight? Because he can go down to the haven of rest, but you got to get there by like 4.30 in the afternoon or you don't get a place to sleep. And I'm thinking, is he climbing up under that interstate ramp? Like up there? Sleeping underneath it? Like what's happening with this guy? And I just had this almost 
overwhelming sense of gratitude for this bed that I was sleeping in because now it was just becoming warm. And I thought to myself, you know, I do not have a lot to show financially for my life. I really have not adopted most of the rules that I was supposed to adopt. And now I'm trying to play catch up. I'm trying to throw the Hail Mary pass. I kick myself sometimes. And that might be some of the depression punch that kind of gets to me sometimes. The fact that it isn't them, it's me. I didn't prepare for these things. I didn't prepare for a lot of things. But I thought to myself, you know, there's electricity on because my clock is on to my left, so I'm paying my electricity bill. And the heater kicked on because it's pretty cold, the furnace, and so there's some heat coming into this room. And this bed that I'm sleeping in, it's new. It's a new mattress. We have needed a new mattress for 10 years. And so if I have to thank Joe Biden for anything, it's the fact that I was able to take some of that money that the government gave us and put it towards a new mattress, a new mattress, not the best mattress in the world, but one that doesn't feel like when I'm laying on my back that my butt has fallen into a hole and I kind of look like the letter V. I felt the springs kind of wrapping around my body. And not only was it warm, but it was comfortable. Like, this was nice. Like, I'm almost positive. That guy standing at the end of the interstate ramp does not have this kind of bed. And I felt grateful for this stupid bed. The fact that I have a bed, my own bed, I'm not renting a bed down at the Haven of Rest. I don't have to end my day at 4.30 just to get in line to make sure I have a space when they open the door. It's my own bed. There's a lot to be grateful for, for that. A bed to rest my head. I like that. So I'm going to continue working on these things and it's tough because the people in my age bracket are all arriving at various stages at the train station. You know, the, the, the trains are coming in from all these different directions and, and some of the people on these trains have, have done pretty well. And now they're embarking on the, ah, you know, I've done everything I can do and and I've saved everything I need to save, and I'm just going to, you know, bop around for the rest of my time here. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Other people on the train are like, crap, I need to work until I keel over from a heart attack. And where are all these good things that are happening in my life? 
And there are people like me who still have some ambition and they want to continue to try to quote unquote make their mark. And they're battling against ageism and other things. And we're still trying to eke out a living and to try to find worth and value and all these things that we've been doing. And so lots of trains arriving at the station and, and the journey goes on to try to figure out how to be happy for others and be happy for oneself. To be happy for others and to be happy for oneself at the same time. This quest for gratitude, for me, is a tough one, a very tough one, and the journey goes on. So hopefully your journey in this area is not a journey. Hopefully you have no issues with these things and that you're managing quite well, and I laud you for that. I'm not jealous. <laughs> I promise. I laud you for that. The journey goes on. So until then, we're going to hope for fine weather coming in here to Northeast Ohio, where spring will finally get sprung. We'll be journeying out of state to see my little sister get remarried. And that should be fun. And then the next month, making my journey south to see my good friends. And hopefully that will be fun as well. Hopefully in your world that you are safe and that you are healthy. And hopefully you have the vaccines. You know me. I'm not shy about this. I've urged everybody to get the vaccine. I don't understand the mentality about not getting the vaccine. It's completely, it escapes me. The mentality escapes me. I don't get it. Hopefully you are safe and that you are healthy. And I appreciate you for downloading and listening to yet another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal Podcast. <laughs>